0: Welcome back to the Females in Motorsport podcast. This is your host, Manvi. Some of you may or may not know this, but I'm originally from India. I was born and bred in New Delhi and moved to New York in 2014 for college. Growing up, I had no knowledge of even the existence of Formula One until there was an F1 circuit built basically right in my neighborhood. Today, our guest is someone who is also from India, but with a complete opposite experience and has been in the trenches of motorsport for quite some time now. She is the founder of Kairos Racing, India's first women's kart racing team, as well as the a creative agency and content engine bringing motorsport brands and teams closer to fans with a focus on Southeast Asian talent. Please welcome to the show, Ananya Sriniti. Welcome, Ananya. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Manvi. I am a big fan of the kind of work that you guys do. Um, and it's so cool to, you know, reach out to you personally and then finally strike up a conversation to bring me on the podcast. I think it's, it's a very cool um, way things have sort of fallen into place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, first of all, for saying that. I think for me, it was really great to connect with you, because obviously, being from India, I I don't live in India anymore. So it's very hard for me to find people who are from India and into motorsport. It's just a different kind of connection, you know, you form with people who are from the same culture. So absolutely. when, you know, we started connecting with each other, and we started talking to each other, it was a really nice experience for me just to know that somebody else you know who's had the same experience similar experiences growing up as i did but in a totally different way as connected to formula one as i did um but of course you have had experience with formula one as you were mentioning before we started this recording um growing up your parents are into formula one it's basically a family affair and as i mentioned you're also the founder of happen um what is the story behind that
1: Okay, so uh, this is not too long ago. Uh, I was at the Singapore Grand Prix last year. It was a crazy Grand Prix, right? Because if you mm-hmm. remember, it was just thunderstorms and the circuit, mm-hmm. in, inside the circuit was basically flooded. And it's it's basically a street. So everybody had to sort of cover for shade, and it was like actual mayhem. But once the racing started going on, um, I saw this group of people um and I was in a grandstand where uh, you know, you had mostly Max Verstappen fans, Red Bull fans, mm-hmm. Aston Martin fans. But then there was this group of people that had brought these Chinese flags on and they were fully geared in like this red uh, jersey and with these cardboard cutoffs of Zhou. Mm-hmm. And they were so excited to be there. They were literally standing up and taking up pictures with the track as the cars go by. They were trying to time Zhou's entry with their pictures in a way, and it was amazing to see. And that's when you can sort of, these are moments in time where you sort of capture and you realize how important it was for Formula One to come back to uh, Mm -hmm. Singapore after, you know, three years, because fans clearly needed it. And the fact that they had um, a representative from their country was so important and you could see that, right? And that's when it, it was like a bit of a flashlight moment for me. I was like, oh, wait, that, is what motorsport culture is all about. You know, you come together as a community and these were a group of like, I would say six, five, six people together. Uh, They just came down, they're probably from China, you don't know, or they could be settled in Singapore. But they came together, watched the race together. They sort of enjoyed and embraced the fact that they have a Chinese driver on the grid this year. Um, And that is everything about sport that's what you need to know about sport it's such a community building activity so I said you know we need to gear towards something like that building something like that back in India because let's assume one day we have a Formula One driver you know it could be Jehan it could be Kush it could be anybody else maybe even 10 years down the line we need to have that sort of embracing community when we do have a driver who's there and they need to feel that support because support is everything in Formula One. Drivers go by, they see you, they can hear you. And uh, even within the fan base, you want to be um, heard, you want to be a part of something that's bigger, right? And that's the sort of uh, mentality that I brought back home after Mm -hmm. seeing that incident unfold. Not incident, that's the wrong way to put it. (laughs) The whole, um, you know, the way it unfolded was really, really nice. And I was just sitting and wondering when, when is it going to be us? <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. people
1: that I vibe with.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I think it's interesting to see that obviously there's more races being added to the calendar, but Asian races are coming off the calendar. There's less races happening in yeah. Asia. There's more races happening in the US. And if you really think about it, we've only had one American driver on the grid this yeah. year. This after year. After many, many years. <laughs> and it's actually... If you really think about it, it's it's interesting because we have a Japanese driver. We have a Chinese driver. Yeah. But there's not a lot of races happening in Southeast Asia. Like Malaysia is not on the grid anymore. India is obviously not on the grid anymore. And India had a very unique experience in Formula One. We had a Formula One team grid
1: on the yes. grid, right?
0: Obviously, yeah. it didn't end very well for us, but <laughs> um, we had it. And I think it brought a lot of attention to India in a great way until it all went down. That's a sad story. <laughs> yeah, let's not even let's not even open that kind of worms. Um uh, but yeah, I understand what you mean. And I think seeing other communities relish in that experience is very heartwarming.
1: It is. Absolutely. And um and fun bit is the way uh motorsport is sort of growing now in India. I am willing to take a bet if the Grand Prix came back to India in Noida, we would have a full house. Mm. It's amazing. Uh, so 2021 Abu Dhabi, uh, we watched it in a sort of a rest of our sort of setting and the place was packed to the brim and there were just, there was a clear, clear support like going on for Max Verstappen versus Lewis Hamilton and you could literally see all the Lewis fans sort of come together and say, hey, hey, it's okay. It's okay. Hang in there. Hang in there. We're still in the lead. We're still in the lead. We can do this. Yeah. And um, then there these Max Verstappen fans who went absolutely bonkers mm-hmm. once that final overtake happened. So I, as a fan, as a neutral fan of the sport, I was so happy to see that. Because if you, if you can rally support, mm-hmm. you know it's something that it's worth fighting for. It, that's the way I sort of saw it. So Formula One is picking up uh, in India. And I hope other forms of motorsport also pick up because it's never just... Formula One, you have WRC, you have WEC. Yeah. Uh, India now has its, um, uh, they just confirmed the Indian F4 coming down to, mm-hmm. I mean, it being back on. They mm-hmm. announced it last year. But it's picking up it's slowly but surely.
0: Yeah, 100%. And also, India just hosted its first ever Formula E race this year, oh, yeah. which is huge. Yeah. And I heard that it was completely sold out, which is amazing. Yeah. Um what do you think that means for you know younger drivers and also people who have not been exposed to racing before but are now being exposed to racing in terms of Formula E and Formula 4 in the future
1: I think it's fantastic um and I had a brief chat with uh, Dilbag Gill who was the former Uh, team principal of Mahindra Racing. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was one of the key voices. You know, he's retired now from the sport, but he is driving a lot of changes back home in India. Um, And uh, he recently just announced a championship. It's a junior electric category Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to promote drivers and engineers from India uh, into, you know, the electric racing. And the pinnacle Mm -hmm. of it is Formula E. So I think it was fantastic to sort of see uh Formula E cars in India which is it's such a different site because for 13 uh, sorry for 10 years we don't have we didn't have any motorsport categories Mm -hmm. come down 2013 being the last of it um and to just see the sort of crowds that came in and whether they knew the sport or not they were really supportive they were kind of playing and they embrace the entire vibe of that one day and leading up to the race weekend i saw so many people talking about it people that you know didn't know what motorsport was but were trying to understand exactly what the series was how the category really helps and i myself i I remember telling you know a couple of my friends hey you know what go for it just go and see this is um it's not as expensive as formula one it's uh it's really well priced for Mm. the kind of sport it is and you'll get the experience of a lifetime. You'll still see cars of, you know, 200 kilometers an hour go down the straight. And the whole experience, the vibe around the area, mm-hmm. it, you had a giant lake on the side and you had a beautiful road that sort of leads to the city and then through the city and so on. So in terms of the setting, it was beautiful. People really enjoyed it. In terms of the racing, also people enjoyed it because it was one of the best Epres I had seen. Um And what it means for sort of the younger generation and the new fans coming to the sport is now they see that, they see what the sport is, right? Mm -hmm. They see what these cars are. And I'm sure there must be some mom or a dad uh, with their kid who said, hey, you know what? We should try to go to the go-kart track now. You know, we should try to see if you like this and maybe we'll find ways to afford it. That's a different you know, question altogether. But go try it. You know, this mm-hmm. is something new. And I think people are gearing towards newer experiences. They don't mind spending money for newer experiences and different experiences. So uh, you never know where that spark is, right? If a kid sits on a go-kart track and is like, oh, my God, I'm good at this. Then he goes faster and faster. Or she goes faster and faster. Um, they start picking up a habit. Yeah. And the same goes for fans. Now they're like, oh my God, this was insane racing. You know what? Maybe all forms of motorsport is this. So um, maybe let's tune into another e or another WC race mm-hmm. or something like that. So it's all, you never know where the spark is. It's our job as uh, fans of the sport, as promoters of the sport to sort of, um, you know, give it different yeah. avenues and options for it to work maybe one clicks one doesn't click formula one for instance i think was too early for its time but it still was at that ripe age where i know a lot of people who were karting back at that time and you can include Kushmani as well as jehan mm-hmm. uh, around that time they started now they're in formula two mm-hmm. so for them to imagine back then for them to see a grand prix at home Mm -hmm. would have meant a great deal
0: the both international circuit was in 2010 i want to say 2010 2011 Mm -hmm. uh 11 to 13 yeah and it was only three seasons and i think it was around the time when force india was on the grid so i think it it makes sense why it was there at the time um it doesn't make sense why it went off the calendar that's a whole other thing (laughs) but i think it's interesting to note that maybe now like you said it would be even more popular. It's, I mean, there's a lot of elements in play why Formula One is not racing in India anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know, we have a track, we have a circuit, and it's a it's a good circuit. It's a good track. Yes. And I think, honestly, I would love to see it back on the car. I would love nothing <clears throat> more. I would absolutely love nothing more. Yeah.
1: Me too. And I think they're missing out on um, a major chunk of the mm. Indian market. You know, the paying chunk of the Indian market, mm-hmm. because now, if if formula one fans want to go see race. it is just as maybe i wouldn't say just as cheap but it's maybe half the cost of sorry maybe twice the cost of going to delhi to just go to singapore grab a flight go book mm. an airbnb there and stay there for three days and then come back it's yep. not that expensive for me i i live in the southern part of india and going to delhi finding a location right I stay there and then traveling to the location which is in noida which is quite far off from the normal yeah. city where you ideally go stay um it all comes up to maybe half the cost of going to singapore now mm, so yeah we shouldn't miss out on the opportunity that the paying capacity of uh, in- increasing paying capacity of maybe a country like india is by you know not having a grand prix here because yeah. we just go to singapore or go to Abu Dhabi or Bahrain for instance Bahrain was fantastic
0: if indians love anything it's sports i mean cricket is basically a religion in Ooh. india and i do agree with you that i think people are gravitating a little bit towards newer sports as well no one's forgetting cricket let's not let's not yes. let's not think that that's happening but mm-hmm. i think people are willing to expose themselves to more sports i think there's more exposure to the obviously we're living in a globalized society we're getting more exposure yeah. generally through the internet and Correct. traveling and things like that so i think people are more inclined to see what else is happening what else is out there it should and that's that's yeah. the whole point of it i think even i'm sure when you know cricket started
1: becoming popular and uh, mm-hmm. you know they, they had to give uh, they had to bring it down to schools, for instance. Mm-hmm. There must have been pros and cons, but then they did it and they tried it and it mm-hmm. it really clicked. It worked.
0: Yeah, 100%. I know we talked about a couple of drivers, Jihan and Kush, were both incredibly talented, doing so, so well. But there's still not a lot of Indians or even not even Indians, like Southeast Asian Asians, yeah. in the sport right now. And coming from you, you know, you're obviously more in the trenches of what's going on um, and why that's happening. How would you describe the state of South Asian, Southeast Asian representation in motorsport in 2023? Okay,
1: so I, I think
0: this question
1: requires a bit of contextualization. Um, so, I think Manvi, you can also jump in on this. Um, mm-hmm. We, as fans, uh, any any fan that's watching any sport, our touch base with the sport is the stuff that we see on the cameras, right? True. So, what we see in the pre race coverage, the post race coverage, the in race coverage, and that's about our you know our uh, level of touch bases. So, when you when you look at the TV today, especially in Formula One, let's let's just take Formula One in into picture right now. Um, do you see a lot of agents? No. You don't, do you? No. Um, <laughs> that we... was a quick no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, w- I remember doing a bit of research for something similar. I don't know what I was doing the research for, but I was trying to find a report of where teams and Formula One as an entire entity says... Um, their diversity report, basically, how many uh, belong to which ethnicity, how many belong to which geographical area, for instance, and I found nothing. I I could either be a bad researcher or uh, there simply isn't any document that's really counting the numbers, the statistics as to what makes up the workforce in Formula One. And that should, for the lack of a better word, you have to assume that because we have a big population you will more or less find us in where we have to be but that's the wrong way to look at it because if you Mm -hmm. don't see us on screen then where where does it give us the you know if you can see it you can be it where does it give us the be it component Mm -hmm. right so I think that's the most simple and very high level way of deducting this deducing this question but if you are you know, someone who's more within the sport from somebody from the paddock, for instance, they're going to say that, hey, there are a lot of Asian, uh, you know, Asian uh, talent inside the paddock. You have Asians uh, who are engineers. You have Asians that are, you know, within the teams. They probably aren't in front of the camera, which is a fair point. But there is absolutely no way to know if you are just a fan and who wants to get involved in the sport, right? And you need to sort of, Take it a little historical as well. You have to take into account that, um, you know, back in the days uh, of you know, motorsport as we know it, and this was back in maybe the twenties, thirties, perhaps that around that mm-hmm. time, um, it was majority of Asia was colonized, right? And uh, this was considered a rich man's sport. So when it started growing in popularity, which is maybe post World War Two. We were still trying to, a lot of countries were gaining their independence. We were sort of decolonizing, let's say.
0: This was not our concern.
1: Yeah, this is not our concern. We were trying to get our economic systems and policies in place, right? Motorsport was far off the radar. It wasn't even in sight. Mm -hmm. So when that's the case, you don't see popular, you don't see a sport like this becoming popular. And what has made it popular over the years is you have automotive sectors growing here. You have manufacturing growing here. And when that happens, you have engineers and engineers finally say, hey, and this is completely against maybe certain cultures in Asia where the kid says, hey, I want to go to the West and I want to settle down there and I want to do engineering and become like a, a race engineer. That's, that's new. It's fairly new even today, mm. right? You got out of India for college how many of your friends have actually stayed back because that that was probably culture, uh, Mm -hmm. for even back in 2012, 2014 ish. Right. Now we're seeing a lot of exodus happening where people are going out and, you know, I want to be something else that India doesn't Mm -hmm. give me an opportunity for maybe Singapore Mm -hmm. doesn't give me an opportunity to do. So it's changing. So if you, if you put it into context, the fact that we've had uh, a couple of Grand Prix hosting nations in South and East Asian region, Asia as a, you know, as a entire mm-hmm. thing, um, I think it's good that we're seeing this sort of uh, exchange happening. You you have people going to the West and settling down, and then uh, consciously wanting to be a part of motorsport, right? And those are the guys that generally tend to make it. Let's be very honest. Even racing drivers, they need to get out of the Asian region to actually pursue a career in motorsport. And the same thing applies to engineers as well. Um, So in that context, I think it could have been better, but it's changing because we have exposure to it now. Mm -hmm. But I think to the extent that you'd like to see representation on screen, I think we have a while to go. And I think the process has been a little slow, more more slow than I would like it to be.
0: Yeah, I think on screen is really the, the key word. Because I think, you know, if a 10 year old is watching a Formula One race, Formula Two race, whatever it may be, and they don't see someone who looks like them on screen, they're not going to feel like it's possible for them they're not going to feel like that's that's something that they can pursue. That's not something they're going to ask questions about. And I think it's a, really, it's a really big missed opportunity because when that doesn't happen, it closes a lot of doors. And yeah. I don't think people understand and recognize the value of on-screen representation. I think you contextualize it very well to say that, yeah, if you don't see it, you don't think you can be it. I think there is... A lot of talk happening i think people know that formula one and generally motorsport has a big diversity problem obviously it's it's a rich man's sport usually it's a white rich dude sport and it's hard to for anyone else to break into it because there's obviously a lot of economic political factors in play and all those things but i think when it comes to representation when like even when women are interviewed generally by normal media it's about challenges is about just about like know what they think as women it's never just generally questions about what did you think of that tire strategy or what did you think of this you know the car design what what are your thoughts on aerodynamics it's never questions like that it's always questions about the challenges it's never there's no diversity of thought in in other questions that women can also speak to like we have bernie collins on sky sports who is doing an absolutely fantastic job right now and I think we just need more people to be to be recognizing women for their knowledge just outside of things, I on
1: agree. what it means to be a woman. Very true. And I think this is where W Series actually did a great job because uh, I don't remember which um, which this where this article was published, but apparently there was a lot of um, you know. Things that they had to change in terms of even the clothing that they wear, the overalls, the size of the gloves and so on, because it was just not made for women. So Puma Motorsport had to come in and they said, hey, we're going to we're going to make something for female racing drivers. And um, see, that's the level of um, gap. I mean, that's how big the gap is in motorsport. Yeah, Uh, And I think it goes for Southeast Asian uh, representation as well. Because when I started watching Formula One, I remember we had a pre-race show and a post-race show. And um, because it was Fox Asia, we used to have um, Alex Jung was a part of the panel. And, you know, one of those early on um, Mm -hmm. Asian F1 drivers. And we used to have um, a a Ferrari strategist or aerodynamicist who is also Indian um, and uh, from a Southeast Asian background. So it was very nice to see. And for me, when I was young, that used to be my, you know, that used to be my worldview of what broadcasting in motorsport looked like, where you had a a, a panel that looked just like me. They spoke mm. more or less just like me. They came from, you know, neighboring countries from me. Um, and that was massively inspiring. Mm. And then once, Uh, the broadcast rights you know so I I wouldn't say it went away from uh, Fox Asia but they kind of moved over to Sky Sports Mm -hmm. it was just you know um, Martin Mm -hmm. Brundle, David Croft and all of a sudden I'm like oh oh god now it just grew a lot more inaccessible and I didn't
0: expect it yeah that's a really good point yeah I mean I live for David Croft's like lights out away we go he's awesome yeah yeah, but you're right. I think the only person we hear here and there is Karan Chandok. I don't think I've, we've, yes. we really hear anyone else, right? And no. yeah, it's definitely, and it's not enough. I think we definitely need more people. Um, I think for me, obviously, I started watching Formula 1, being in the u.s so i didn't really have that option but i didn't think of it that way that yeah i'm sure that once the rights moved over that entire world changed and yeah. not hearing someone who sounds like you makes a sport sound a lot more inaccessible it does
1: it does mm. and even today I, i'm just hoping that we have like a a pre-race and a post-race thing come back and we've actually lost our media uh broadcasting rights in india so we're sort of dependent on F1 TV and F1 TV, let's let's be honest, it's again, it's just white
0: dudes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, And I think, uh, to be honest, if India doesn't have it too bad, we still have F1 TV access. But if you look at countries like Sri Lanka and uh, Indonesia, for instance, I- I've got friends from there saying, hey, be happy you've got, you know, something with re- relation to F1 going mm-hmm. on, because we don't have F1 TV. We don't have broadcasting because our broadcast depends on India to be able to crack a deal with Formula One. That's not happening anytime soon, or at least I don't know if it is happening anytime soon. Uh, so they have it really bad.
0: Oh, that's really, that's terrible.
1: Yeah. So they, uh, it's kind of like now you're putting them in a position to, should we even bother uh, with a sport that doesn't really care about us? Yeah. You know,
0: that That's a question. Totally. I think, I don't think Formula One understands, yeah, fans are going to stop watching the sport. I mean, if you can't access it, you're going to lose interest at some point. And you're going to lose sport, you're going to, and that's basically you're losing money. You're losing (laughs) a fan who would spend, who'd want to spend, and probably doesn't want to actually, but would have to spend have thousands to spend. of dollars one day to attend a race, you know? like Exactly. It definitely costs an arm and a leg to see enough F1 days these days. But yes. yeah, some people are saving up, they want to do it, and um, it just sucks that it costs so much money. But, <laughs> well, it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, I think if you're not giving them the access, then they are going to lose interest, and that's basically you're losing money. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. And I hope it changes. And I think it is, it's, um, I know the global power of motorsports still lies more or less in the EU Mm -hmm. and the US now, but I think the tides are sort of moving towards Mm -hmm. Middle East and then eventually Asia. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. And I think this is the right time to develop all the talent you want to develop, because once opportunities come here, it's time to make use of that.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think, like you said, yeah, of course, the tides are moving to the Middle East. And there's a lot of money in the Middle East. We know that. But let's not forget, India is a huge global power. It's one of the fastest growing economies in the world. We've had a huge presence in the past with Formula One. We've had Sahara Formula One team, um, Sahara Force India team. We've had a circuit here. Yeah. Do you think, and this is a big question mark, do you think mm-hmm. it's time for another big Indian business to invest in Formula oh. One?
1: I you know what, I'm eyeing on the Ambanis and I'm being very honest. I think right we all are. <laughs> I was like, please do something. That would be uh, Yeah. No, but I think and to be honest, if anybody had to come into the sport, I think it would be them. Right? They yeah. have the most vested interest in sports in India. Um, they've definitely got capital to do it i'm just wondering what is their entry point i'm sure they wouldn't come into like i'm going to you know put up a formula 1 team that's that's definitely not the right entry point um but i think they would ideally start with maybe getting geo tv as one of the official mm-hmm. broadcasters of the sport and then go from there once they've got the you know the base locked in the fan base locked in they mm-hmm. can they can leverage it in any way but I, to answer your question, though, <laughs> I think it is time. It is definitely time. We have, uh, we need to have a more, uh, a more diversified grid, mm-hmm. because not, the teams cannot cannot afford to be just you know based out of the UK now. They need to be global, and yeah. uh, I think if if that's the stage that Formula One is at, uh, then I think it is time for businesses and big businesses from Asia and China to sort of invest in the sport.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, just speaking of uh, the economy, I mean, both China and India, huge economies. Japan has a very rich automobile industry. India has Tata Motors. Can't forget about Tata. I think the fifth or sixth largest Largest, global automobile manufacturer in the world. So there is definitely capital. There's definitely power. There's definitely hunger in the population it's a huge population i think even a few percentage points of that would be would be would be a big win in my opinion so i don't know let's see i mean hopefully we'll have another Sahara force india team on the grid i mean i know when force india came in they used a mercedes engine yeah um and i don't know maybe if reliance or you know the umbani's decide to Invest. Maybe they'll use a Tata engine. Maybe they'll use something else. Maybe use a Mahindra engine. You don't know. You never
1: know. You never yeah. know. But I, I hope it is. I hope there was some talk about an Asia F1 team coming along. I don't know if uh, that's still in the works. But seeing the way the entire grid is just saying no to another F1 team coming in, I I don't know if that's
0: yeah.
1: Rules need to change. I think
0: yeah maybe the way is to buy into another sport like sorry buy into another team invest in another team um i mean obviously we know that even with Zhou guanyu and yuki there's there is some backing from their home countries which is amazing that's amazing to see so maybe you know as it should be exactly i think why not and i think maybe with jihan or kush that's the push that india needs to have formula one driver from india to be there to be able to say that yes we will come out there we will support you we will invest in you
1: yeah absolutely please ambani if you're listening to this podcast (laughs) any of the ambanis
0: (laughs) oh my god okay if, if this happens you heard it here first just saying yes yes all right well before we wrap up we're gonna do our fun section it's called the rapid fire round and well it's not very like rapid it's not very fire but it's it's just a little (laughs) bit of fun we tend to not try to talk about racing but i I might include a race question here or two Mm -hmm. um but this is where we basically just talk about anything so feel free to be as creative as you like okay i will try are you ready
1: Yes, I am. Let's go.
0: Okay, great. Question number 1, and this is a racy. This is a race question, <laughs> not racy. <laughs> okay. If you were given the choice of adding any one country and city to the F1 calendar, which would it be?
1: Hmm. See, if you had asked me this question back in 2012, I would have hands down said New York. As one of the, the things, because the
0: backdrop is
1: amazing, right? But, I would love uh,
0: that. That's my, my dream come true.
1: They almost did it. Did you know?
0: I have heard. I don't, is that true? I thought it was just a rumor.
1: No, no, uh, they almost had it. And Red Bull, I don't know uh, for sure, but I think Red Bull was the team that sort of, uh, uh, they did a lot of PR around it. Sebastian Vettel was in New York doing a bit of like press for the New York City Grand Prix.
0: I got into the sport at the wrong time. I should have gotten into it 10 years before or
1: 8 years before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think uh, if I had to add a city, I I don't know, but I think something historic would be awesome Hmm. because uh, I I really like uh, a city with actual stories to tell and uh, Mm -hmm. history behind it. And if you could have something as modern as a Formula One car, go around mm-hmm. the, that street or city. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh,
0: I would say Rome, but we don't need another Italian Grand Prix.
1: Yeah, we don't need another Italian no, Grand Prix. No, no, no. What would I you think,
0: choose? Oh, that's a... Honestly, I would pick New York. I that is my personal, like, dream would be to have a New York street circuit. If I had to... I mean, I know you said new
1: city or new track, but uh, completely going, not answering the question. I think I'd love to see uh, Nürburgring back on the calendar
0: oh that's a great one
1: and and the long one the 23 kilometer Mm -hmm. one not the the shortened five kilometer track
0: that was a great track i think we'll get it back once mercedes dominance returns (laughs) if it returns when (laughs) if and when yeah Yeah. i i think they
1: they should ideally be saving that grand prix i'm so surprised they aren't but
0: it's it's... a really great track i think the circuit itself is really exciting it was always an exciting race to watch so i am surprised it's not on the calendar anymore
1: yeah, but they have their own issues and I, I'm not sure. This is another conversation where we break down the economics of Grand Prix racing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that will take a good hour.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%, maybe more. Um, mm-hmm. Alright, we'll move on to question number two. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite race snack? So, let's say you're watching a race and I think a lot of races happen for you at night, right? Just given the timing in India? No, in the
1: perfect uh evening time actually oh, like lovely. between 5 30 6 30 to 8 30 7 30
0: oh that's that's a perfect snacking time also so exactly. what's your favorite wrist snack
1: i don't have one because i <laughs> i have tons of superstitions when i'm watching a grand prix and one of them is that i don't eat during a grand prix
0: wait so what do you think will happen if you eat
1: I don't know. And so I'm a huge Sebastian Vettel fan. And I had a theory that every time I took something or I even had a bite of something, he would not have a good race. So I just stopped eating altogether. I was like, until the race is over, I will not eat.
0: That is hilarious. (laughs) It's true. So... That is hilarious. Battle is no longer on the tr- no, no longer on the grid, though, So maybe you can maybe you can start eating. Now. But you know
1: what? Biologically, my system just says, "Hey, it's grocery time. You can't eat now." It's been fifteen years, so I'm just like, "Ah, oh, okay, no."
0: Oh, that is hilarious. I hope someone tells Battle that. I think he I think he would love to hear that. I have a, a bunch
1: of strange, strange uh, superstitions when it comes to grocery racing. I don't sit on the
0: couch. For instance, I think it's bad luck. I don't wear team gear. I have that one. I have that one too. I have a, I have a lot of gear from all the teams almost. And I actually, I splurged and I bought a, like a sweatshirt from a driver's collection. And I really wanted to wear it. And I did wear it, I think, one race. And I think the driver had a DNF. And I was like, I'm never wearing the sweatshirt See, again.
1: See, I had the same thing. So in 2011, I went to watch the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix wearing a Red Bull uh, shirt. And... Uh, Vettel DNF that race. So I'm like, I'm never ever doing that ever again. And yeah. that's just become part of my system now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. I, I'll give you that. All right. The last question is totally off racing. I mean, you could make it racing based, but okay. hopefully it's not super um, racing specific. If you could have one superpower in the world, what would it be? This is a very basic question to be fair. I think I've
1: uh, thought about this for so long but I would love to freeze time huh. just to yeah I don't know what I would do with it but just mm. to see how the physical mechanics of the world change mm. if I stop time I think that would be fun
0: that's very interesting I'm trying right? to think of like a Grand Prix and how that would look
1: yeah I mean imagine like I I would say if I had to stop time I would go back to 2019 German Oh, sorry, twenty eighteen German Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and just put Vettel slightly, like, stop time, move his car slightly back yeah. to the you know center of the racetrack where there wasn't any oil, which is why he kind of went off track. I was like, yes, now you can go, and then <laughs> unfreeze time again.
0: <laughs> that would be so funny, yeah. I think that would—that's a very interesting answer. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. I think usually people say flying or you know something like that. Invisibility. Um, <laughs> invisibility is a common one. Yeah, yeah. Mine and is and always will be teleportation, because I hate flying to India. Like I go back home once a year, maybe twice a year if I'm if I have enough time to go. I hate that flight. There's nothing more I hate than sitting on a flight for. Eighteen hours or sixteen hours or whatever it is. So I would love the superpower to teleport.
1: If that was real, the only people on planet I know would need it more than you are the is the entire F one circuits that flies down to the Asian race. Hundred
0: percent, yeah, because
1: it's such a long flight. And I saw them. Karan Chander did this thing where he just didn't sleep through the flight on the way to Australia, mm. uh, and apparently that's the way to deal with jet lag. Just don't sleep through the flight. Just stay awake. Yeah.
0: So Carlos Sainz did a Instagram story on this uh-huh. where he he walked people his Instagram followers through what he does on the flight and it was to Australia I believe and that's exactly what he said he said I'm not sleeping it's like 5am 6am for me and I have not slept and that's what they do they just don't sleep and they basically start preparing from days in advance as per the next race's timings I was even reading Lewis Hamilton's like 2010 2011 no 2008 book in that also he mentions that that's how he would start prepping he would start planning days in advance and he would start like changing his eating schedule his sleeping schedule all those things to get into the into the new timing and the the whole thing because you can't be like all messed up when you're driving and jet lag can be absolutely brutal so
1: this is interesting but uh, I, I didn't know the strategy because I think the most uh, obvious thing to do in a flight, especially a long one, is to just sleep your way through it. So if it messes up your system, I'm going to try not to do that the next time.
0: Yeah, it is. It is hard. I mean, it, when I fly to India, usually I'm flying in. Uh, I usually fly in like I reach Delhi at night. So I mm-hmm. st- I'd rather stay up during the flight um as long as I have a movie like I'm fine I'm also just like I can just watch anything I'm not a very fussy person when it comes to just watching tv so as long as I have some entertainment I live but I'll crib through it like I will crib I am that person personally whining about it
1: hey that's that's a very Indian thing and I'm so glad somebody (laughs) else does it too
0: (laughs) yeah it's just it's just not fair that that flight is just not fair it's just brutal we need to have another concord and we just need to shorten that flight somehow How, how long is it maybe what 20 hours is that i think uh the f- duration of the flight is like 14 15 hours but door-to-door with airport like yeah. driving to the airport all those things is like a full day basically yeah, yeah. well <laughs> yeah. Sucks. yeah but you
1: know what it's a small hassle so it's fine
0: yeah <laughs> um all right well thank you so much nanya for joining me on the show it was so fun catching up in well irl on video Uh, but it's been a real pleasure speaking with you i'm so glad we were able to connect we have a lot of indian fans also and i think it'll mean a lot to them for you to make the time to join us today
1: thank you so much for having me uh manvi i mean this was a fun conversation and if we can do anything together to sort of um uh, give Asian motorsport voices a platform uh, or any amount of, you know, uh, just coverage for instance, that would mean so much Absolutely. to people that are watching the sport from this side of the world.
0: Yes. hundred percent. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram, where they can find happen, where they can find Kairos racing?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So you can find me on Instagram at Ananya Srinadi. Uh, Please check out uh, Kairos Racing and The Hairpin. The Hairpin is at, um, the website is thehairpin.co and Kairos Racing is uh, www.kairos-racing. Fabulous.
0: Thank you so much.